People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. You're listening to Fine Music Radio and this is Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note. There's been someone on my list for a very long time. People of Note has been on the air now, believe it or not, for 13 years. And I've interviewed all sorts of people, but there's one person based in Cape Town that I've wanted to interview for a long time. And finally, I've got her. And that's Virginia <laughs> Davis. Welcome, Virginia. Thank you. Let me Thank just you. read something about you, although everyone knows you. Cape Town-based Virginia Davids studied music at the University of Stellenbosch, distinguishing herself as a singer of notable talent. She won several awards. She is at present a freelance performing artist, as well as Associate Professor Emeritus in Singing at the College of Music at UCT. And I don't want to go through all the awards you've won, Virginia. It'll take most of the interview. <laughs> it's great to have you here. If you say that you are Associate Professor Emeritus, does that mean you've retired or is it a, a, a working job? I have retired. That's a title. First of all, good afternoon to, <laughs> good afternoon. Afternoon to all the listeners. <laughs> yes, um, I have retired. And, um, but you still stay um, affiliated to the university. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I'm I'm still teaching. I've started, restarted teaching after a bout of illness. And my physician says, no, Virginia, you need to go back to work. Good, you good, still have good. too much to offer. And actually, when working with the young singers and um, emerging singers, I do realize it's something which I'm still very, very passionate about. Yeah, you must be. And also, you're producing them like no end. <laughs> Let's, it's the famous ones. Pretty Yende, the most yes, famous one, is yes. your pupil. Uh, Pometsa, Matikiza. Mati- yeah, Matikiza. Um, Golda Schultz. Golda Schultz, there you go. Yes. One more. Let's Masabani, Cecilia, Masabani, Rangonasha. There you go. Hot property at the moment. Very much so. Yes, young, um, the young Yende, Nombulelo, Buli. Oh, is she also, has she also embarked on her career? Yes, she's, career? she's a, a part of Operalia later mm-hmm. in this year. And um, a couple of boys. And then I can't keep track of all the... Singers studying at various overseas institutions, mm-hmm. you know, in young artist programs. There's another one, Bulukuletswalo, who's joined the National Opera, the Young Artist Program, and tenors and Busan Kunguana, the baritone, all over the world. Yes, I have lots of youngsters <laughs> out there doing their thing, keeping you and, young and flying our flag. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and as I said, keeping you young. Yeah. When, as a matter of interest, Virginia, did you retire from singing? Um. <laughs> That was a couple of years ago, you know, when all, I, I think I ended the glory days era, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm not you very mean, good at at, at um, dates. I call it the era of grand opera. The last one we did together was on Balloin Mascara, uh-huh. you know, here at, um, at, at Artscape. And, um, and that was the last time you appeared professionally on stage. Yes, yes. Right. And then I went... Um, I was still, as you know, singing and teaching at the same time. And then I, you know, Peter Klatso named it so very aptly. And um, at UCT, you know, you have, to, you have to, as a practical teacher, they want a creative output. And then I said, you know, Peter, I feel nobody wants to listen to an old soprano anymore. There <laughs> are so many wonderful young sopranos. And, you know, it so happened. And he said to me, Virginia, you've created your own competition. 
And I said, yes, isn't that lovely? Because what happens, you know, with work being so scarce? If somebody mentions, oh, we're doing an Elijah, we're doing a first thing, which one of my students can sing that? Because you just wanted them to work mm. and, and, and to practice their art. So, and I'll never forget Peter Klatsko for that. So, you know, you've created your own competition, which is really lovely. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> of course it is. You know, so, um, yeah, and... You always look for something who can sing there, where can you sing, and trying to create a platform. And I used to do concerts, you know, just for the kids to go out there and to perform. I used to do concerts at Helderberg every year. And then came COVID. Oh, yes. Which affected the arts so badly. Affected the arts. I think at this stage, I think it also affected the intake of, of new performing artists because there were so many of them who lost their jobs. They lost their houses, they lost their cars, and the performing artists had no work. So I think that has suddenly influenced people, oh, don't go study that, you know, if anything happens, you don't have work, you know. But um, the ones that kept going, they are flourishing. And talking about intakes, has it got almost back to normal now? Do you find each year you're quite busy? Well, I don't know what the intake is anymore, but I mean, the intake was very heavy during my time. And you know, what made I feel very sad about this because the year COVID struck, um, I had to stop teaching, you know, also because of one of those with the comorbidities who couldn't come into the building. Mm-hmm. But a lot of specific people who had come to UCT specifically to study with me, I had to allocate to other teachers. And, um, and somebody says, yes, but it's not your fault. I said, yes, you know, when somebody comes in, I always see where this person can be in six years' time. Mm. And it felt mm. for me like unfinished business. And um, quite a few of them are now at overseas institutions. So as as I say, at this stage, I don't know what the intake is like because um, I'm not there anymore. Okay. But you still are busy. You still I am. St- I am still busy. I work with young professionals. I can, as emer- emeritus, I can still work with postgraduate students up the doctoral level uh-huh. and people who are doing recordings, people who are, you know, preparing for auditions and quite a few Cape Town Opera people as well. Okay. So, yes, I'm very much busy. <laughs> <laughs> keeps you out of mischief and keeps I you I do too. And <laughs> yes, you're so right. Uh, Virginia, you've done something, you've chosen something unique really for our music because I, when we spoke about, you know, I want you to choose four or five pieces of music, you said very quickly, without thinking, the four last songs of yes. Richard Strauss. And I said, oh, which one? And you said, all of them. All of them. <laughs> all of them. And it's music that speaks to my soul. Mm, it speaks to my soul and it is intense and yeah, it's just gorgeous. You know, the lines, the long lines. And have you sung? Have you sung? I've that? sung. I've sung. Uh, quite a few times, yes. I've sung it quite a few times. I said to you earlier, my first being with, with David Todd yes. at, at at Oda Libertas. Wow. And I've repeated it quite a few times. And every time you repeat something like that, it's the same with opera roles. You learn something new about it. And, you know, if I need my, if I need my soul to be fed, I listen to the okay. list of Jesse Norman specifically. I'm just going to say, you specifically <laughs> asked for Jesse Norman. Yes, Miss Norman. You know, I always, when people struggle, struggle with their breathing, I said, go listen to Miss Norman. <laughs> endless, endless lines. Yes. You know. And this first song has always struck me as being rather difficult because 
uh, the soprano has just come onto the stage. Obviously, she's warmed up backstage, but now she sings a song with tremendous range. She's going up and down the passages in high notes and low notes and long breaths. It tackles the full spectrum of the voice. You know, you've got to have good bottoms, you've got to have good middles, and you must have good tops. Right. So, <laughs> so there is, you know, and, and something, um, you sometimes struggle with the, with the sopranos. Um, I said, no, 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 I need those bottom notes to be anchored because it's a real intensity. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> when I like to tell this little anecdote, I sang with Gail Gilmore, and um, she was my amnerish when I sang Aida. And I said to her one day, you know, I'm so worried my bottoms are not sitting nicely. And she says to me, honey, you don't get paid for your bottom notes. You get paid for your top notes. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the four last songs, you've got to have all of them. All of that. Okay. Well, here is the glorious Jesse Norman with the first of the four last songs by Richard Strauss.
There you are, the glorious voice of Jesse Norman singing the first of the four last songs of Richard Strauss. There with the Leipzig Gewandhaus Orchestra conducted by Kurt Mazur and a recording which really has hit the top, hasn't it? I mean, I don't mean note-wise, I mean in popularity. And it was the first choice of my guest on People of Note this week, the Cape Town-based soprano Virginia Davids, who, as I said, has now retired and is Associate Professor Emeritus of Singing at UCT with many, many students passing through your hands. One of the things that strikes me about singing teachers is, let me put it in sequence, what made you become a teacher? Did you feel you, because not everyone can teach, can they? No, no, no. You First of all, you must have a very good ear. And I'm not boasting when I say that I have an excellent ear, sometimes much to my detriment. (laughs) (laughs) When people would say, oh, wasn't that glorious? And I would say, did we listen to the same singer? You know, Mm. so I I have a very good ear. Um, And it started from from a very young age, you know, from school going age. And also, you know, I started playing. (laughs) This is a very funny story. Um, I started playing the organ in the church at the age of 11. I sight read very well. I must tell you that also. And that is not boasting. <laughs> <laughs> Boast away. If anyone's entitled and, to you are. And um, I discovered that I really enjoyed working with, with, with singers. And then, you know, when I went to Stellenbosch, when I, I studied with Nelly. Oh. But before before that, you know, I studied for many years with Albina Bini uh, up in Grotto Road in, in, in Rondebosch. And uh, um, and we would, as part of your your course, you know, your your singing, teaching, and, and, and all of that. We had to work with students, and I find I had a real knack for working with, with singers. But, and this is in a backhanded way, um, because of the apartheid years, mm. I could never sing in the opera house, but I never stopped studying. So I was studying, and somebody asked me once, how come you know uh, so much about singing, how to mold the words? I said, because I never stopped learning. I never stopped learning, and then... Um, also, you know, I like to quote Lawrence for uh, Lawrence Foley also, yeah. And he said, you know, Verge, one thing about this job, you have to study all the time, <laughs> because every time you do a new role, you've got to start studying yes, and again. Look at the magnificent voice he had. Oh man, Lawrence Foley. wasn't, wasn't he, he great? Oh, he was my most amazing Scarpia. Oh, oh, he, oh, he did that well, did he? Oh, he's, he was such a marvelous Scarpia. The other one was also, but he had passed just recently, is Hans van Heerden. Yes. He was also a great Scarpia, okay. you know. But I learned so much from Lawrence. Okay, I'm, um, I'm going away from my story. And, <laughs> and then I, when I started teaching, I, I was still also very much singing at that point. And I could, you know, people would come up and I would, and would ask for advice. And then I started teaching, you know, part-time and I realized I really, really enjoy with molding young voices. It was like taking a piece of clay and then just molding it, you know. And, um, yeah, and the rest is history. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> and I was saying to somebody the other day, we were talking about um, young singers coming from school. I said, you know what, sometimes we have so many problems when these kids come from school, they've started singing and they've got all these mannerisms. The best thing is having uh, raw talent. Then you can mold it on scratch. Now, Pretty Yende was one of them. Oh, with no singing at school. And she came singing to at school, but no formal voice training. Okay. And the voice was fresh and the voice was pliable. Mm-hmm. And she was one of those singers. I said to John also, this is my husband, you know, I've got a kid there. I give her an aria this week. 
The next week she comes ready to perform it. Memorized and everything. She's got a very fast brain. Very fast Pretty brain. Pretty But look at her career now. But, um, Virginia, what happens? Are you able to tell quite quickly if someone's got a voice? Yes. Is it one? That's another gift. That that's another have. gift. I listen and then I can hear where that voice is going to be in five, six years' time. Okay. You know, and there are a few voices who really, you know, I, I won't mention names, but they decided not to make careers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, I, I call them the ones that got away. But you presumably <laughs> would say to a singer, listen, it's not going to happen. If I were you, I'd give up now. Would you, would you say that? No, I, I would like never that? say to somebody, give up, because, you know, there are some people who just want to be very good teachers, singing mm-hmm. teachers. Mm-hmm. There are some people who want to be a very good chorister. There are some people who want to be a very good soloist in the church choir. You know, so, and I try never to kill anybody's passion, oh, okay. you know, and that's why, um, you know, as you know, I've been usually um, um, busy with community work. Yes. You know, I had a community choir and I never auditioned the people. I said, you want to come and sing? Come and sing. I will teach you to sing. And then what I got from out there was music to my soul. And when you first heard Pretty Yende, what did you think? When you first heard the first note she uttered? I could hear there was a voice. Oh, you could hear I, I laugh. I laugh. I always tell Pretty. I said, Pretty, can you remember? Because, you know, in Pretty's case, oh, that girl really knew what she wanted. Mm-hmm. She called me around about in September, the year of her matric um, schooling. And we always laugh about this joke. And she says, my name is Pretty Yende, and I'm coming to Cape Town, and I must come and study with you. And I still said to her, um, yes, you know, apply, we audition, and then we allocate students. Yes, but I must come and study with you. <laughs> so she was insistent, right? She was so time. insistent. She was. <laughs> she was. And I said to John, you know, I've just had a call from this child from there, from Pumalanga, but she has got chutzpah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we still laugh about that story today. She insisted, and she I, came to you, and she came to me. She came to me, you know, and not knowing what's going to happen. Not knowing whether she's going to get funding, hardly having money, accommodation for food and things like that. But she was so determined. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. It's certainly history. Gosh, The rest gosh, is yeah. history. Lots more to talk about. But we've got three of the four last songs left of your music choices. Here's the second one. And we're listening to the recording with the wonderful Jessie Norman with, as you said, um, Virginia with her wonderful voice control, uh, breath control. So here is the second one with Jesse Norman.
There you are. Another of those superb, that's the second of the four last songs by Richard Strauss, sung by Jesse Norman. And it's the choice of my guest this week on People of Note, Virginia Davids, who has requested all four songs. And I agreed. And could I say no? Of course you couldn't. No. <laughs> and you have sung them, haven't you? Yes, I, I have I sung them. You. And you spoke about telling your students to listen to Jessie Norman because of her breath control. Is that a big requirement when you're singing the Fall Last songs? Well, I think that's a big requirement anyway well, when you're true, singing. True. But, but for the Fall Last songs, yes, you need good breath control. But for singing, you need good breath control anyway. We use what we call the diaphragmatic breathing. And it's a hard, it's a hard thing to... To, to accomplish and to know how to, to regulate the breath. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, you know, you need very little breath to sing. It's how you control the breath. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. And you spoke about the diaphragm and all that. Yes, you know, and, the... and, and, and having good abdominal muscles to support mm-hmm. the diaphragm, you know. So, yes, it's, it's quite hard, but I always tell people there's no such thing as an easy song or as an easy aria. Yes, you even said that to me earlier. I said that to you, didn't I, now? <laughs> you said there's no such thing <laughs> as an easy song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, Virginia, let's talk about you and your voice. Did you discover your voice very early? You know, this is an interesting story. Um, I started, you know, I started at the Eowyn Group. Oh, did you? Yes. yes. I was the youngest member of the Eowyn Group. I was in the opera stage already at the age of 14. Wow. And, um, you know, and then I, I started studying singing around about the age of 16, 16, 17. And yes, I was a soprano. And then I was with Albina Beanie. And um, no, I'm joking. Have you ever ever heard of Angelica Novak? Yes, the the mezzo. Yes, I worked with Angelica for about two years. And then it was a mezzo. I was a young mezzo because I didn't know what to do with this voice. Because the voice was dark, but the voice was also agile. Then I came to Albina Bini, and because I had very good coloratura, I suddenly sang Cara Normis and all these wonderful <laughs> things until I, I uh, you know, it also, as you mature, the voice finds its its fach. I call it a niche, and I believe in guiding a voice until it falls into its niche. It will find its place. But it needs a good teacher. It needs a good teacher, mm. not to push you in a certain direction. You know, that's why I say to somebody, you cannot identify or, you know, say after three months, this is that. Because the voice evolves yeah, as you get yeah. older. And as I matured, and as the voice matured, I found my fach, which at the moment is a spinto soprano. You know, that's sort of the heavy lyric soprano. And what um, I thought spinto wasn't heavy. Um, what is an example of an opera character who's a spinto, heavy spinto? Can you think well, of that? Yes, like the Toscas, oh, the is that leaders, a, is you know. An and sometimes okay. the spinto and the dramatic sopranos, they straddle lines, mm-hmm. you know. And um, yes, that's why I sang the roles I sang, you know, Trovatore, Tosca, and God, I sang lovely roles. <laughs> Did I you sang, ever sing the I sang lovely roles which people would give their eye teeth for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the one Verdi role I did not enjoy was Nabucco singing Abigail. And you know what's another role I did not enjoy? Was singing the mother in Hansel and Gretel because oh. somebody said, Why does Virginia David sound so screechy? I said, Well, because the mother was a bit screechy. <laughs> you yes, know, it's a strange role, that isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a very. And, um, and then I, I found my. My, my, my fach, really, when I was working with Nelly. 
Yeah. You what know? a great singer she was oh, as well, as I'm sure you'll agree. She was an amazing singer, and mm. but an amazing teacher. Oh, as well. You know, she was an amazing teacher. Um, I don't, you know, I always say to Nanelli, you, you, know, you really should write a book because um, she had a very fine ear. Mm-hmm. And... And she was very good on stage. I remember in Durban seeing her in Lucia de Lamamoa, and I was in the chorus, and when she walked on for the mad scene, we all got such a shock. It was the first sort of full dress. And she looked splattered with blood in her hair, and she was fantastic. You know, and people always ask, do you remember Nelly? I said, you forget that I could never see Nelly because we couldn't come into the theatres, remember? Oh, of course. Of course, yes. You, Weren't people, you the first person of colour here at Nico yes. when it was the Nico? Yes, singing a leading role. There, there were people like Ronnie Taze, they were in the chorus. Mm-hmm, but a leading and role. There were a leading role, and there was a lot of who are, and I remember, I won't mention names, and somebody asked me, so how do you feel being the first person of colour to sing on the state theatre stage? I said, excuse me, I think of myself as a soprano not as a person of color singing a role. And that's why I get very, very annoyed when people say, oh, yeah, and I must <laughs> I must tell you, and uh, with Pretty, we're going to sing for King Charles. I got a call, I won't say which radio station, a very prominent radio station, and I turned them down. Because, you know, as a black singer, and then I immediately got my horns up, and I'm sorry, I said, this woman has proved that she is a star within her own right. She is mm-hmm. a singer of note. Mm-hmm. And the minute you start to compartmentalize people as green singers or pink singers, then I have a problem. Yeah. That I person is good you. or that person is not worthy to be on the stage. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always say to my young students, and I'm sorry, when you go out there, you've got to be good enough. I don't care what color you are, you've got to be good enough. Yeah. Nobody's going to say, oh, shame, she comes from a poor background. You know, nobody's going to feel sorry for you. You have to perform. On you the have night. to perform. You have to perform, perform night after night. And I mean, the audiences can be vicious mm. because I always say people forget that these aren't um, robots where you press a button. And that's why I also say you need to know what you're doing. So how are you approaching this top C? What are you doing? What are you thinking? You know, because that top C's got to come out night after night. Mm. It can't be a hit and a miss. People mm. come to listen. And they want to hear that. They want to hear that. They want to hear that top C. They want to hear that top E flat or whatever. Yes. You know, so you've got to know. You've got to be secure in what you do. I remember a quote from Joan Sutherland who said that being a famous diva is like a horse. You, <laughs> you've got to be very fit and you've got to just keep going. You've got to keep going. Mm. You've got to keep going. I was uh, regardless of criticism, regardless of strange You've got to be resilient. You've yes, got to be resilient. resilient. And um, I remember the, uh, Niels Hansen. You remember Niels Hansen? Mm, very well. When he said, and he said, Virgie. He always used to call me Virgie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And at the end of the year, you don't look at any, any, um, uh, Crits or whatever, and the end of the year you can open up a bottle of champagne, and then you can read all the crits if you feel like. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> good advice! But you've got to be resilient, yeah, because right, you've got yeah. to go on night after night. Yes, yeah. and you sang a lot with Sidwell Hartman, didn't you? Yeah, that's when I first saw you. I thought it was Naida, but and you were singing with Sidwell Hartman uh, a lot. Actually. My first Naida, I sang it with which was with John Trelevin. Remember oh, yes, Lawrence, Lawrence Foley's son-in-law? Yes. You know? He was a Wagnerian um, tenor, wasn't he? He was a Heldon tenor. Yes, you know, but yeah, I remember he, I, he was my first, my first um, Radames. And, you know, I sang so much with Sidwell myself. 
Sidwell and Lawrence Foley, Angela used to call us the A-team. Oh, quite right too. Quite <laughs> you right. know, and Angela said, give me the A-team. But of course, you can't give your people the A-team in every opera. So I sang a lot with Sidwell. Mm, and some people even believed we were brother and sister. Oh. And because uh, I, had a, I had a picture in my room, somebody gave me a picture of, of my Aida and somebody said, oh, there's Sidwell Hartman in drag, you know. <laughs> Talking about you. <laughs> you know, they said, because we looked so alike, I think I looked more like Sidwell than his own sisters. <laughs> you know, so yes, but he was a very sympathetic colleague. He also, know. he had a really lovely career. He had a great voice. He had a career and yeah. shame, you know. Uh, we always still wanted to sing. You know, there comes, you know, when they took away all these, um, the, the, the arts councils and mm. the world came to a standstill and he very much still wanted to sing and this this verge I still even if it's a concert he wanted to repeat the Don Carlo oh really but that it wasn't yeah. to be oh, sure. Ach, ne? but what is to be now is the third of the four last songs of Richard Strauss the choice of my guest Virginia Davids beim Schlafengehen and this one which I think I can safely say is one of the popular ones is here we have once again the wonderful Jesse Norman
I sometimes say on the air, Virginia, that when something as beautiful as that is played, I almost don't want to speak, especially if it's live, because you one is so moved by that. No, you don't want to disturb that mood. <laughs> anyway, um, that was Jesse Norman in the third of the four last songs by Schlaffengehen with the Leipzig Gewandhaus Orchestra and Kurt Mazur. Virginia Davids has chosen all four <laughs> as a treat of the four last songs as her music choice in our interview here on People of Note on Fine Music Radio. Um, what I wanted to ask you, you mentioned right at the beginning, and I see it on your biographies as well, when you can get past all the awards. Um, you've been involved in charity work pretty well all your life, haven't yes, you? It's something yes. that's very passionate. It's something you. I'm very, I was very passionate about, and um, and uh, together my husband and I started Come Art, a community arts organisation, spe- um, focusing specifically on the arts. And we had a wonderful choir, and we had um, we used to bring students in from UCT to teach instruments to the to the youngsters. We brought somebody in to teach dance we had people like Diana Ferris in to do creative writing so yes it was very much part 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 of my life and um, the choir did wonderful things you know just ordinary people from ordinary backgrounds but we did marvelous works we sang an Elijah we sang you know the Saint Cecilia Mass and performed wonderful venues City Hall Artscape Grote Kerk even traveled to the South Cape with the choir <laughs> and um, yes and a lot of lot of aunties in the choir you know I all the, I always say ah we've got everything we've got bakers we've got cooks we've got seamstresses just ordinary people mm. and um, then with COVID it had to stop Oh, so it stopped? Because I wondered why you're putting in the past tense. No, no, it stopped. First of all, we lost our, our venue that we used to rehearse. Uh, the city took that and turned it into an ICANN center. That was the first loss we had. And then came COVID. And, you know, all choirs stopped during COVID. Mm, and then it was just too hard to start again. And I always said to them, please, people, I don't want you to look like a geriatric choir. You know, you're walking on stage, walk briskly. I don't care how your legs are aching. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies, ladies, and, you know, look your best. I mean, and all the polls would come out. It was such a wonderful time. And a wonderful opportunity. Wonderful opportunity. And this time of the end, we had used to have big concerts and the Festival of Carols, which was an institution in Elsie's River, you know, and we worked with the Army army Band, with the Navy Band, and um, also with community bands. And this time of the year used to be the most exciting part because the Festival of Carols mm-hmm. would come up. And since COVID, all of that has gone quiet. And I think some of them were just too old to start the choir. Some were over 80, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, And it's people not who could necessarily sing. It's people who, who wanted, wanted to sing. Who desperately wanted to who sing. Who desperately wanted to sing. Mm. And I said, you want to sing? Come and sing. You know, and what we made together, it was magic. And your husband is a pianist, isn't he? He's a very established pianist. He's an excellent pianist. He was also uh, one of the coaches at UCT until he also had to retire. So now I'm one of the rare people with an official accompanist in my room. That is lucky. Yes. I hope you don't have domestic rows about <laughs> no, 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 he's playing too fast or I too know. loud. And <laughs> no, I do tell him sometimes, Sean, I need I just need those the roles in the left hand softer, you know. Yes. Or this chord <laughs> I need because he knows how to accompany. And um he's worked with me and also, you know, we learned most of his accompaniment techniques was with Albina Beanie because she herself was an accomplished pianist and he would come in and play with my lessons and of course, you know, um with his he's got called his, his 
degrees. It's got degrees to fill the entire line, you know. And but it was amongst all, you know, the art of accompanying. He also mm. studied that, and then mm. working with me. Sometimes it nearly ruined the relationship. And I would say, John, <laughs> I asked you to play for me, not to. Tell me, I think it should be something like this. Now, I think you should do it like that. So we had a little thing. And even sometimes I said, John, you remember this uh, it's a big piano. Could I just have a little this in the left hand? <laughs> I wish I could be a fly on the wall. <laughs> but you mentioned, um, Virginia, you mentioned just now Elsie's River. And you were telling me that you have stayed in Elsie's River for a very long time. Yes, I call it Elsie's Riviera. I live <laughs> Elsie's Riviera, <laughs> which is a, a, a traditionally a, 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 I hate to say the word, but a coloured suburb. Yeah, yeah But yeah. that's where we, we had to go stay after the group areas act kicked us out of our house, and um, I've stayed there for forty four years. Wow. Yeah. You must surely then be happy there. Forty-four I'm, years. I'm happy. I'm used to the, all the berghis and I'm used to all <laughs> of them. You know, our regulars coming to ask for food, but as I say, you know, were you comfortable and where the heart is? That um, is very true. Yeah. Where you lay your head down at where night. You lay your head down and I can <clears> sleep in peace. I've been talking to Virginia Davids, the Cape Town soprano, with such an illustrious career. And you've chosen the four last songs. And we come to the last one now, Im Abendrot. And what is interesting in this, I'm sure you'll agree, we're listening to Jesse Norman, is that the conductor, Kurt Mazur, takes this so slowly. I've never heard it this slowly on a recording. And yet, Jesse copes magnificently. She never sounds under pressure. She no. never sounds out of breath. Never. Never. It, she makes it look and sound so easy. Virginia, thanks for coming in. Oh, thank you for and having me. It was lovely and a real treat to be with you. And I hope the listeners enjoy our stories. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Virginia Davids, thank you. Thank you.
People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions.